Hey everyone, I'm Michael Swaim. Hi, I'm David Bell. Hi, I'm Abe Epperson. I'm Tom Ryman. And, and we just watched the Battle of Buster Scruggs. Scruggs. Mm. Mm. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it so hard. I think we got it though, yeah. guys. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. There Let's are move no on. second takes in no. podcasting. Yeah. Buster Scruggs. You're shooting iron work. Appears to do, yes. So, uh, someone explain what this is briefly. What are we doing? We're we're Flintstones meeting the Jetsons right yeah. now. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Which makes Our it sister depressing. channels. Yeah. Our lovely. It's like when the Harlem Globetrotters came to Gilligan's Island. Right. Had Small sex with the Scooby Doo gang. Yeah. And gamefully unemployed. Together. together at last for the first time ever. That's true. Hoping to have watched Buster Scruggs together like a real friendship. Right. But at least we met after to talk about uh, it. Yeah, those, like an the, entertainment friendship. Those plans exploded. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanksgiving fuck. Well, that's, yeah. the, that's the beauty of streaming though is we could all just fuck off and watch it ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It was fine. Yeah. Yes. And we are here to discuss Buster Scruggs. I think pretty much formatless. So first and foremost, like, what were everyone's initials impressions? We have not compared notes at all, which is great. No, no, no yeah, we yeah. haven't do that. talked about the movie at all. Which is unusual for you guys, right? For Coen Brothers? Uh, very much so. Yeah. And it's even unusual that, like, you got here early, Tom. We're yeah. recording my place. Yeah. It's unusual that we were able to not keep say ourselves yeah. from tipping right. into, what did you think of the movie? You know what I mean? Yeah, so Our, how about we, that fifth one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't We've gotten pretty it. good at not talking about it yeah. until we start yeah. recording. Oh, Sometimes it's yeah. very yeah, yeah, yeah. hard. Yeah. Since, yeah. It's, since it's a thing we do every week now, where we just leave the theater in like lock-jawed silence. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, yeah, I imagine you walking out of Suspiria wanting to say like, that was boring, right? It's not right. just me that was we, boring. We, couldn't, we, could, we didn't make it all the way out of Suspiria. <laughs> we did, like, I, I think I said... That was two and a half hours long. And you're like, yep. It's like, didn't yeah. need to be. We have, yeah, we have like really passive ways of communicating <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we yeah. didn't like something. Yeah. Just like a curt nod and you're yeah, like, oh, I know just, what he's going to say. I, I do remember like 2009 and Wally when I like looked over at Michael because we watched it together and like he caught my eyes and we just nodded. Yeah. Because <laughs> our eyes were like shining with yeah, tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's other movies where we like look at each other and just shake our heads. Yeah. Like, I think that was the star, one of the Star Wars, The Force Awakens or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was when Poe. What's po, going on? <laughs> when Poe makes the on hold joke, we looked at each other and we're like, is this the Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> or is this a joke? Is this SNL? Oh, the newest, the newest one? Yeah, 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 that was the weirdest. Hey, uh, Admiral Hux, don't you know how hold works? I don't know. It's the year four fucking thousand or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Why would I know how being on hold in the 80s works? Yeah. All right, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So it's on Netflix. It's Coen Brothers. It's an anthology movie. There's yes. six parts. Was it, it was originally designed to be a show, I think, released in six. They, they, they have said no. Yeah, oh, I think okay. that was a, a, apparently just a rumor. Um, yeah, they said it was always intended to be released as this, and it's based on a number of uh, who who writes stories? Joel or is it Ethan? Uh, they do everything tandem. Oh, okay, right. It, it was based off credits are nonsense. Well, but to the Coen Brothers. really, even yeah. though one always is director and one's always yeah, producer, yeah, it's nonsense. it just means they're there together it, doing yeah, their thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like t- six or seven movies ago, they started getting both billing like they both produce and direct but for some reason like union rules they could yeah do that before. i think so Ethan yeah Ethan has always was the producer and joel was always the director at the beginning of the career but that's nonsense just like 
Roderick Drain- Janes is a, not a real person who also <laughs> right. edited this movie. Uh, that's a pseudonym for their editorial collaboration. Uh, yeah. It's and Roderick Janes is maybe the best editor alive. And I like to think of them as a different person. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just, like Donald Glover syndrome. Where just it's this like, guy. Why just, are you good at every fucking thing? They're yeah. Michael Kahn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just this guy who's like silent. We know nothing about him. And he edits all of our dreams in history. <laughs> but yeah, so six stories apparently always intended. I thought they they'd were, put the framing device in after them. Yeah, they were no. apparently written over like last 20 years. Like, yeah. Wow. They, they, it's, there's some like conflicting stories about this, but I guess they were stories that they've just been sitting on for a while. And they're probably like, when are we, when are we going to get our shorts out? Yeah, like, there, there's the some way. you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I, feel like, I feel like insisting that the titular segment existed as a short story is nonsense because mm-hmm. that can exist as a short story yeah mm-hmm. i also think I, calling so musical. it the ballad of buster scruggs gives that segment undue weight yeah when they're all kind of pretty well, equally interesting I, and important i didn't think buster scruggs was like and i i guess just because it's bs i don't know i think it all, my, my why does yeah. that encapsulate all my the theory is that when i started watching this i had known at one point it was an anthology totally forgot Ah. And so when it's just like, oh, oh, okay. We're done, Tim. We're Blake done Nelson. with Buster Scruggs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, and that was, it feels like part of the point of the movie. Because um, the movie is about just fucking chaos and death. The, uh, the, mm. I, I will s- mm. I, I, mean, do, that, I, I don't know if I think that. I do like this no, movie. Okay. My initial impression is uh, it's such a fucking bummer. Like I, I, the I West think is a bummer, or the West is a bummer. The West is a or bummer, the, the and like the first, are relentlessly a bummer. Most they're of the nihilistic. Time. Most of the time, <laughs> I feel like the first man, that first, like you're talking about calling the whole movie the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, gives the first segment undue weight. Uh, I I feel like that's true because I feel like that segment sets a tone that none of the other ones match, in my opinion. Like the tone, the tone of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs feels like. A wacky Coen Brothers movie, yeah, like a like a like a Raising Arizona, Burn After Eating, and the rest of the movie is so not that. Friggin' Looney Tunes, yeah. 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 That's my favorite part of this movie, though, is that we get all of the Coen Brothers. It feels like we get every aspect of them, yeah, for the most part, because they could change tones so much through the shorts. Yeah, Uh tonally, this movie is insane to me. Yeah, Uh, I'll jump in. I'll be the first one jumping on that because, like, I kind of agree and disagree. No one has said whether they like it. I'm just gonna come out and say. I loved it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, <laughs> I was ready for it to rank in the bottom of their canon. It's in like and I think eight. it ranks in the top. I really yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, so Tom, here's how I can... Suspiciously cons- silent. Yeah. You said I, you liked it. I like, I like it for the most part. Okay. And we'll unpack that. Yeah. Because that's uh, all we have to do here. I want to <laughs> address something because like I, I, know what you're, I know exactly what you're saying because tonally it's like there are similarities in the other ones. Uh, and it's all based on theme, right? It's all, and the theme was elucidated, I think, by Dave, just by saying like, there is a chaotic element right. to well, the West. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, kind of add to that, chaos and death. That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, no. I think that's a. Ba- there's a lot of about, like, there's a lot of. I think the Tom Waits one. I know I'm skipping ahead. Kind of encapsulates the whole film in a way because it's yeah. like balance, chaos, cruelty, I death. I actually agree. Yeah, well, uh, and I think with the first one and the last one, and the last one might be my favorite. Yeah, uh, the first one, and the last one. I like to think of them more as bookends, 
for the anthology. Like, not that they are not their own stories, but like, to me, this is a love story by the Coens about this crazy film thing that we did called Westerns, where people are crooners and singing and shooting, and that's why tonally it's so bizarre. Uh, and tonally, like he's just like a psychopath killing a bunch of people, oh, Buster, yeah. and singing and being the songbird, you know, like. Uh, and then the last one is a haunting, much akin to like James Joyce's *The Dead*, where it's yeah. like you're unsure of whether or not they are alive or dead, uh, and they're being passed off to the next thing. This is them to me putting to bed all of the things that we thought about the old west in movie making as like something that's romantic it's the death of romance to me uh and it's a lovely and to do it in a song is like fucking hilarious to me um i yeah i would except for right in the middle you got that tom waits thing which is nothing but romance right like that that's like an idyllic version of the west that's the thing is that that was my realization watching this is that Whatever the cinematic, I don't know if it's the historic version of the West, but the cinematic version to me is kind of how human beings beings should have stopped in terms of technology and being like, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship with nature. And the Tom Waits one kind of with the bird and, with the, yeah, the, and him the not pocket. taking too much and like him not leaving too much of a mess I and agree. the animals kind of fucking off while he's there. It like, that's what I mean by it's chaos and death, but it's also like, it's kind of okay. Like they're, they're not, they're not treating death like it's the worst thing ever, I guess. Right. All right. Um, well, very, well, very much so in, in, like that one and the James Franco one where yeah. he's just sort of ambivalent about his own yeah. execution. Yeah. Like what does it mean that he sees a pretty girl and says there's a pretty girl and then is hanged? You know, like is that just to say that life is relentlessly constant or it's constantly giving you new offers and taking away offers at the same time? Maybe. It's the only splash of color in that bit too. Yeah, it is. Like she's in blue and everything else is, is in washed out earth tones. Also the only one without a song. Right, that yeah might have. It's not my favorite one, but it might have my favorite moments in it, which is the punchline of him going first time to the guy, yeah, the guy yeah. crying, and then of course Steven fucking pan shot. Stephen Root <laughs> and Stephen Root, yeah, yeah. pan shot. <laughs> I have aggressively different interpretations of any of everything. Oh, I can't wait. That was said so far. Go ahead. No, but my outpouring of the overarching theme is. I think the overarching theme is entirely formalist, and there is no content theme. I think this is Hail Caesar for uh, Westerns. The reason Ballad of Buster Scruggs is so tonally different is because they sat down knowing they wanted to make a love letter to the, every possible subgenre of Western, and one of those was stupid, shitty musicals like yeah. Paint Your Wagons, so they had to <laughs> right. nod to that. I think that's the extent of it. I, like, I really do. I think each of the six is a clearly different homage to a particular film usually in the Western canon where you're like, oh, like near Algodones is spaghetti westerns. Yeah. They've and said as much too. Oh well they said I didn't they know said that. that each one they took inspiration from various like books and but like a specific yeah. subgenre, I think. Uh like the gal who got rattled to me well, for, I, I see I like yeah. to compartmentalize. All right. I know, so I know. All right, let's there. start with the first one. <laughs> All right. With, with Tim you Blake like Nelson. Your form with Cone yeah. I do. This uh huh 
Oh no! Are we starting? Are we starting with yeah, the first one? Yeah, let's do Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. All right, I'll just say this is one of two uh, shorts in this that I could have watched happen for six hours. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been a full movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I watched it. I've I've watched this movie several times now with other people watching it because mm. over Thanksgiving, family members wanted to watch it and such. And everyone always universally mentions. First of all, the people who know film. I've heard at least two people be like, within the first three minutes, they're just so good at filmmaking. <laughs> like the, the shots where they show the water, water echoing yeah. off the and joining him in the chorus and the color palette that they finally landed on water. of that wide shot of his introduction. It's like, it's like the WNBA where you're like, just amazed by the incredible application of the basics. They're so good at lighting. They're so good at composition. Yes. Mary Zofries is the best costume designer there is alive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Carter Burwell may be the best Ellen composer. Ellen Chanoweth is they're the right. best casting. They're all the best. Of all the time. And they're just all so fucking good. And nothing is like Guy Ritchie-ish or inventing like, or even Breaking Bad where you're like, whoa, the camera's attached to the pickaxe. Well, but, but it's just like, Everything's perfect. That's always some of the best <laughs> filmmaking. I, f- I think we talked about it a few times that like, like Richard Donner is a director who's just like, yeah, I'm just going to tell the story. I'm not going to fucking yeah. stick myself into it yeah. and be like, look at me, look what I can do. Like, it's just very, it's not basic. It's just very transparent. Yeah. 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 And the other thing that people always said is his voice is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Especially, like about, especially about the guy who comes at the end. Oh, yeah. The guy takes every, him out. Like, his I final looked, song, I looked like, up who that guy's voice is gorgeous. I looked up who that guy is because I was like, he looks like a million actors. He looks like he's Tim Oliphant. Yeah, me. he's a country singer. And uh, it was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> that checks out. And like, that, the, you were mentioning the casting. I, I had to look like every single... Like the Coen Brothers films are so well cast and you said who was the casting director? Ellen Chenoweth. Like I feel like every single featured supporting character is like I should know who that is because they're like so good. Yeah, yeah they're distinctive. And then I end up looking like nine times out of ten I end up looking them up and it's like I've never seen this person before. Right. Yeah. But I, it's just I they're like, so perfect in the role. So surprised by like how do I not know who Bill Heck is? The yeah. Friend, yeah. Who's that guy, he, which character? Uh, is he? He's in the fifth with he's uh, uh, Alex Billy Longabo. Billy he's um Mr. Uh, Mr. He's the guy that's gonna marry. Okay. Big oh sick. yeah. Originally, it's his name. My, yeah. I think this is skipping Billy a little. Knapp. My Billy favorite Knapp. was the fucking judge in the James Franco line. Oh just shit! Goes, yeah. Good, <laughs> he's good. Good enough. Hang him. Good enough. The one that actually moved me to look him up was the Frenchman in the final section. Oh man. Oh, that's Saul like, Rubinick. I yeah. was like, I know his face, and I, based on this performance, I should know his yeah. name. I actually, so I had just rewatched Unforgiven recently, and he's the. Journalist following English oh, followers. Right. That, that is right. Sense. That is absolutely <laughs> so it's right. Like, oh, of course he's in this. Um, a friend of mine also asked, like, he was annoyed that they included heaven because he is a nihilist and a hardcore atheist and mm-hmm. likes that they are or wants to believe they are. And uh, was like, why did he? Why is there heaven explicitly at the end of Buster Scruggs? And I just pointed out that the heaven has only appeared in two of their movies: Hudsucker Proxy and this segment. Heaven only exists in movies that they think are like a ludicrous joke. Right. Yeah. So I still think they're true to their beliefs. Oh, yeah. Because no. eagles. It's, not, right. like, it's not like a realistic no, portray of heaven. It's the angel wings and yeah, fucking there's, there's, harp. There's no. definitely a heaven in the version of the world that exists in Oklahoma. 
or yeah, like yeah, seven yes. brides for seven yeah, brothers. Yeah, it was like Norman like, Barnes. He's like he's a good old boy. Buster Scruggs. That's the comedy comes from the fact that he thinks he's a good old boy. Right. You know, like it's it's, kind of I think funny. that's yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Is that he's like our hero, but they don't shy away from the gore of him shooting these people. Well, and he's so joyous about yeah. killing people but it, <laughs> like, is, it is bugs bunny because yeah, like if you bugs took bunny. bugs bunny and you showed elmer fudd actually blowing his brains out yeah. accidentally yeah. like it's and then singing surly joe yeah like, surly joe. So he improvises good. a song about your death and i love how his brother comes in which makes it real yeah <laughs> you're like why is the saloon singing about my brother's murder <laughs> you best be outside wearing iron dave krumholtz very uh, legendary la stand-up yeah Guy that gets all his fingers shot. Yeah, off. yeah. I don't know. David Crumble's is sitting at the table. He's oh, the, you're he's right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. The the brother is a, is another character actor who I didn't recognize, but he's like so forceful and convincing in his performance. I looked him up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Clancy Brown is that Clancy Brown? Clancy yeah. Brown. Clancy Brown getting his face yeah. fucked up. That is one of the <laughs> that coolest. Is so kills. wild. Yeah, he just stomps on the table like three times. Sometimes your strategy's got to be downright our comedian. So good. Yeah. Um, how he, many of y'all paused on the book pages to read all the book I pages? I I, I'm going to on a second watch. <laughs> I, I sped read because I watch yeah. it twice now and I like this time I was like, okay, fucking. Oh, read yeah. It. Well, well, I guess we'll talk about it when we get to the gal who got rattled. But the the color plate for the gal who got rattled gives it away, which is a little bit of a yeah. bummer. Yeah, it's true. Let's wait till we get there because yeah. I yeah, have yeah. questions. But yeah, uh, if. I just wanted to note that on the in the printed story, as the page turns, yeah, you can see what the priest says when Buster Scruggs is laid to rest, which is, "We give him to you as he gave you so many. We give him to you, O Lord, and humbly ask that you never give him back." <laughs> <laughs> which is good. an echo of the the last song by Brandon Gleason. Mm, anyway, that will be. We'll talk about that later. Should we move to number two? Sure. I mean, unless I will more... say, like, unless I'm confused, the one like weird like hey look at me thing that it does and i'm sure it probably means something like that, that's like me watching no country for old men where i'm like i know this means something <laughs> yeah um, that last speech in no country i know this fucking means something yeah. um it cuts to inside buster's guitar yeah i uh, wow i was gonna mention that one. it's almost same that's Rainy-ish. less tra- transparent because you yes. were like saying like breaking bad like put the camera on the, yeah. the that is the shot that i was like, I was like don't mm, bring it up because it mm, ruins it's like, your premise <laughs> it's and, and the sound is muffled yeah wouldn't it be deafening inside the guitar yeah because uh, yeah. there's the shot at the beginning of serious man where they're inside an ear hole and you're hearing don't. want somebody to love i think they are enamored of being in a tiny space where the sound echoes. Because there's also the Barton Fink going in the drain hole shot. Mm. Right. The sound changes as you enter it. Yeah. They don't do it that often, which but well, implies that it means something but when that's you what do, I was do say, it. If they do it five times over the course of their career, the idea of a tube where sound is different means something to them. I don't know what it yeah. is. <laughs> I, don't think, I, I honestly think it's... Uh, the song duration and the visuals that they had to use. They oh, were I think maybe it was contrasting because mm. it was showing his voice echoing off the canyon and then it cuts into a tiny space where right. it's echoing. The tiny little canyon. I mean, that segment yeah. is telling you focus on the music and it gets you to right. focus on the music right. by right. making it center stage. Which but, I got from the title. <laughs> but again, that's just basics, filmmaking basics. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not my favorite shot, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it was just it was just a nitpicky thing. It's like, wouldn't it be really loud? It's the kind of shot. There? Yeah, and it's the kind of shot a lot of directors would 
think of and throw in to be cute. The uh, overhead three-quarters shot of Buster's dead body with the angel rising up and yes. the man in black walking away was so perfectly surreal and mundane. That like it, so good. it really looked like an image out of a dream or a Lynch movie or something. This is right? definitely... Yeah. This is like a... Bruce Del Bono, we should say, shot this film. I, I can't think of the actual title of this. I, I I had a film critique class in high school, and one of the things my teacher would love to show us is like surrealist anthology films and stuff like that. This sort of reminded me of like, I want to be a teenager and get high and watch this because mm-hmm. like it has that feeling where it's like oddly surreal, and that shot is what actually made me think of it because it was just mm-hmm. like such a great fucking weird surreal moment. Salvia could, if you took a few hits, could maybe last the length of Buster mm-hmm. Scruggs mm-hmm. short. <laughs> I think the whole thing. Oh, the whole movie. Okay, okay. I mean, it would get a little bit of a bummer later. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> let's get to number two, Near Algodones. Um, which, Franco. in my yeah. mind, is the love letter to the man with no name sort of thing. Right. Yeah. This he literally yeah, doesn't have a name. Western, yeah. yeah. I have to begrudgingly say James Franco did a good job. Yeah, this. he's good enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did he have a lot to do? He sort but of he did. Well. There's, he there's sort of one did? moment okay. that okay. I was like, good job, is when he's getting hung a second time and his face is just like, motherfucker. Like, he has like, this oh, face. Oh, the twists and turns yeah. the Lord hath wrought. Yeah. And he has the perfect Mother expression McCree. for it. But it's still, <laughs> I heard uh, Patrick Walsh, just a comedian, I like say that, um, but Steven Root is like acting fucking like tap dancing circles and doing <laughs> car wheels around him. And yes. I agree with that. Yes. Steven Root is unstoppable. You give Steven Root a, a wacky old, old country voice and just let right. him talk. Yeah, it's going to be just well, a whirlwind. But that's the thing. I, I feel like that was part of the point is like James Franco the whole time is he's just like doesn't speak much. Yeah, very serious. And everybody else around him is a maniac. Yeah, Steven Root's reaction to the gun being pulled on him is maybe my favorite acting movie in the whole thing. It's like he, you could. It's almost like they could have put a like a shitting sound yeah. and it would have played. Like that's his whole body feels that, which is great because he's like super prepared for it. And like in his element, when he, he's he already being has robbed, pulled guns there and talks about how he's like shot people's kneecaps, off. laughing maniacally and shot. You know, like he's crazy. He's yeah. a crazy man. Uh, question Was that Clancy Brown who's administering sentence? Mm. Like, is Surly Joe also the one hanging him, or is that no, a guy no, who no, just no, kind of no. reminded me of him? That okay. guy is in The Witch and uh, Hurricane gotcha. Heist. Yeah. What in a that voice. case, He's there a... really are no. Like, there's not like Easter eggs, right? In the right. six. I didn't catch any. They are disconnected. I love I that. believe so. He has that little small, because everything's super curt with him. Mm-hmm. He has that little small bit, and it's just like haunting. He's like. Uh, you were kind of out of it, but we like passed sentence. It was this, and then we came here, found this here tree to pass sentence. You know, like yeah, just go to a tree, and yeah. that's yeah. the end of your life. And his yeah. response is, "Well, what's the sentence?" What's and they all laugh. And yeah. he's like, "Do you mind giving your horse <laughs> yeah. to one of these boys?" Oh, so they, <laughs> yeah. No, you can't have my horse. And his last words you are just die selfish. Yeah. <laughs> his last words are, or this last statement is about how Stephen Root's a maniac, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fair. I don't, I don't think, think that banger fought real fair. I don't, th- I don't think that pan shot fell as half fair. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but oh, total Easter eggs, obviously, to the classic spaghetti westerns. They're using the, I mean, that's the twist from Fistful of Dollars mm-hmm. is pan shot, but instead right. of being secret, it's I have a million pans <laughs> and they're really visible. Also, I want to frame that 
the art that they have for that. Yeah. Where he's like, he oh, looks you want like, that in your home? Yeah, he looks yeah. like a video game character. Like Headshot! <laughs> he looks amazing. Like, oh, if there was a video game, there would, would definitely be a boss fight where you take the pans off one by one before yeah. you right. damage him. Right, right. Uh... Yeah, that that I I I find that one pretty excellent. It, like we talked about, it didn't have a song, which I thought was interesting. Um, it does have a, technically have a theme, but then the theme kind of is played by the rest of the movie later. Like the, you mean score theme? Yeah, the score yeah. theme, as opposed to like someone actually singing. Yeah. So it's kind of the odd one out. I wonder if that means anything, or it's just you know nothing at all. Well, I also mm-hmm. I felt like it was the one that most. Get, had the most nods to really famous other westerns. Right. Like, uh, I mean, Maverick opens with yeah. Guy and the Horse About to Be Hanged, but they did it in their own way. Mm-hmm. The pan used in a different way. And, like, I liked how in the opening shot, you're introduced to the bank exists and the yeah. well exists. And they both have signs. You can read the bank sign. It says, and notary. <laughs> and yeah. then right. you can't read the well sign. Then on his way out of the bank, you can read the well sign. And it says, bad well, don't use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he immediately uses it as cover. Yeah. So I was wondering if that was a nod to like, even useless things can be repurposed. This is our way of taking the Spaghetti Western and redoing it, refreshing it. I wanted to say one thing that kind of Dave was talking about about the surrealism. Did anyone else notice that most of the buildings in this movie are unusually large inside and like just a facade on the outside? And then on the outside, like seemingly hundreds of miles from any other street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. It's just it it is really surreal. It's very surreal. Uh, Yeah. And I love the uh, that is that the one that has a guy gets the arrow to the neck. Yeah. Pulls it out and immediately gets another, another arrow to yeah. the same spot. That, I mean, that's that's, great. that's the that's the entire segment. Yeah, it's like yeah. He gets the arrow out and immediately gets shot by yes. another one. That's exactly twice. right. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, and then the uh, the guy who shoots him down, <laughs> who shoots him and he's swinging. Yeah. He's like, hold, hold still, still. Hold, yeah. still. <laughs> hold still. Oh, it takes him five times. God, I also love damn. that guy because he immediately is just. <laughs> Hard into, do you want to be my sidekick? Yeah. Because he's in the middle of committing a crime. Right, right. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as soon as he sees the guy, he's like, shit. <laughs> Just right. And then once again, James Craig is like, what's going on? <laughs> he gets arrested, yeah. I, do lo- I didn't know sidekick originates from cowboy lingo. Makes total oh, it yeah, did sense. I. It's the low-paid people on the ride right. who have to ride through the herd, kicking them in the side so they keep moving forward. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Just the second in command. Right. You're yeah. not leading and you're not behind. You're in the middle kicking their sides. Uh, I also really liked... Well, okay, so maybe I'm getting a false positive because it's Stephen Root. Who was the voice of Bill Dotrieff and Buck Strickland on King of the Hill? Mm. But my interpretation of why he sees... I have two interpretations of why he sees a beautiful girl. One is, and I don't think this is correct, but maybe the Coen brothers are making a nod to the fact that James Franco's a creep. <laughs> I don't think it's that. Maybe. But um, the second one is, when Buckley dies in The King of the Hill, at the funeral, Con Supanusum Pones, eulogy. Oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah, right? Okay, I was waiting for something. I just, well, I've been j- re-watching it's so, right now. So good. Yeah. Is a story, a Buddhist like fable, about a guy who's being chased by tigers. He falls down a cliff. He grabs onto a branch. He looks up and he sees two hungry tigers. He looks down, he sees two hungry tigers. He knows for sure he's going to die. Then he sees a strawberry on the branch and he plucks it and he eats it. And you know something? 
it was the best strawberry he ever tasted. So I thought it might have just I, been that, which no, is I, I James Franco gets to see a pretty face before he dies, I and he's honestly, like, that's the most pretty face I ever did, Sar. Yeah, I think I honestly <laughs> think that's what it is, is because it's his last moments, and he's just looking for something to, to like end on, yeah. like something positive out yeah. there in this crowd of people. And he sees a pretty, pretty lady, and he's like, "All right, that's the last thing I want to see." Like, I disagree. Okay, well, what's the other interpretation? My interpretation is just that uh, it's, it's kind of like in the the uh, Tom Waits segment where he it, he calls it Mother McCree or mm. God, you right. know, or Mister Pocket happenstance. Yeah. Um, it's just to me, it's in tune with all of what the Coen brothers do for a lot of their movies, which is just uh, opportunities and things that uh, are what you call a boon or a bust or, you know, like the upticks and the downticks of nature are, they happen at random times. This one just happened to happen when, like, he... Couldn't do anything about it. That is a good point because she likes him back. She smiles. Right. So it's like, man, I wish I met this girl like a year exactly. ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's just like, that's just how that story, particular story went. Why? Because there's no poetic justice in Coen right. Brothers movies. If you're bad, you don't get a bad end necessarily. Or if you're good, you don't get all the benefits. It's not neoclassical in its assessment of how endings work. And so do you want me to go to the next segment? Um, meal ticket? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the third one, right? Three or four? Three. That's, that's the third one. It's okay. Liam Neeson and, and Dudley Dursley. Dudley Dursley. <laughs> Interestingly, it could have been called Taken. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been called Taken. Or thrown. This, uh, or, or dropped. This yeah. introduced a new nightmare to me, which is having to be carried by a drunk Liam Neeson. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that was something I'm afraid of. Yeah. with this poor guy on his back. Oh, right. Like you're a human backpack and yeah. your carrier is drunk. <laughs> and, and Liam Neeson. And Liam Neeson. He doesn't... Does, what, it matters that it's Liam Neeson? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's interesting. He's enormous. Yeah. They don't, they don't ever speak to each other. No. Yeah. I was wondering what, if you guys... Like, did we all have the same? Because in a world where there's no dialogue, mm-hmm. did in you a world. did you assume silent movie? Did you assume that he loved that guy? I think at the didn't beginning, didn't care I, or hated him. That's what was, I think. That's when you had nothing to go on. Yeah, yeah. I think at the beginning, you th- you. F- I I felt like here's the journey I went on, and I actually feel like this. While one of the, while like this is like the first genuinely, genuinely, I think, gut wrenching moment of the film, I don't, I feel like it needed another scene. What scene? I I think it needed. After the end? No, I think it needed a scene where the chicken earns more money than him. Well, they show the chicken more uh, popular than him. Right, and they show like, him riding in the back of the wagon and him looking at the chicken like, you yeah. motherfucker. Right, and he's like eyeballing <laughs> the chicken while he's feeding the chicken at the fire. Yeah. Like, I feel like we needed one scene of... Because it seems like he decides... Like, he doesn't even try the chicken out first mm. before he, he kills well, that's him. What, that's yeah. what makes it great is that it is, at first, without any information, you're like, oh, these people have a big background together. He's caring so much for this man. And they're not talking because nothing needs to be like said. They're close. bonded them. Yeah. yeah, and then it's that reveal of like, no, he would kill this man for a In chicken. A yeah. He doesn't ever care about this man. Yeah. Or and, what I thought would be... In, like I Because the reason I say that it, I felt like it needed something else is... I didn't understand what was happening until the until it cuts to him 
until he's walking back toward the wagon and it cuts to him driving again. Like I didn't, I didn't understand what he was doing. Like I thought he was trying to cross that bridge and he was gauging how deep the water was. Right. Oh, no. But isn't that a good twist? The final shot, you realize, oh, that's what it, it meant. is. Because yeah. like, what I what I what I thought they were building towards is I thought mm-hmm. he was going to try to cross that bridge and something was going to happen. And he was going to have to pick whether to save the chicken or the guy. And he was going to save the chicken. Which would functionally be the same. It would functionally be the same thing. Well, it's the same decision because he's clearly like, oh, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money to feed both of these things. I think, yeah, the end equation is just everyone knows a human life is worth more than a chicken life. (laughs) Like we all pretty much agree. But if money comes into the equation, maybe not. Right. That. That's why I slightly disagree because I don't need sure. that scene only because it's not. I don't think the Coen Brothers are ever occupied once again about like how the thing, how the jurisprudence of events. Like they, they don't care about. They don't want you to occupy your thoughts with whether or not it was a good idea to do something or bad. It was just an idea that someone had and they did it. Um, kind of like William H Macy in Fargo. You know, like you can come down and say all the things about what makes him detestable, but ultimately he's just a guy with a plan and it's a bad plan and it backfires in his face. With Liam Neeson, I don't need the scene where he's like, oh, this chicken is a better alternative than, and it supersedes the morality of keeping this this boy alive. Um, it's more about just the fact that Liam Neeson was tired of doing some of that stuff saw an opportunity saw how easy it was to take care of like that's what the chicken feed is representing but it's interesting he'd rather be alone than not alone i i would they never speak have, to each other i'd, I'd rather yeah, have another yeah. human he needs to money talk to. and it's it's tough like yeah. it's clear like the one consistency for liam neeson's character who does not really change he really in, just wants alcohol opinion, money yeah. he yeah. is just trying to get by and it's yeah. a lot of work to do a lot, like to make this whole apparatus work right and yeah. he's the guy who's doing all of the mobility stuff because he's the only one who can. A chicken can, you can abuse a chicken totally. by keeping it in a cage. I think just because loneliness is so core to all real world humans, or like, mm. I think a lot of people who project themselves into this situation, one of the surprises is you're like, oh, I would think he would want to keep a human around. Mm-hmm. For the sake of loneliness, but no, he doesn't mind goes being the, alone. Goes to the brothels. Well, that's, that's the, the brothels. That's the key scene. Strap the chicken the on his back. The scene I wa- wanted, if there was going to be another scene, is I still felt tortured by the mystery of, and I know they want me to feel this way. I wanted a scene where the performer speaks ever not in memorized dialogue. Right. I wanted to hear the performer say something about how he feels about Liam Neeson. I just wanted to know clearly. Does the performer has always hated Liam Neeson or kind of sees Liam Neeson as a father figure or what? I think you get it from the looks. Yeah. Like he never looks like l- lovingly at no. Liam. He always is glaring at or him. Or concerned. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's, it shows, an, I mean, as the audience dwindles, his performances, I think, arguably become more and more like raw and impassioned. Yeah. yeah. As he's like, I'm performing for my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That, that yeah, and having seen the ending, that all becomes clear. Mm-hmm. It just like at, at, so. You think he knows Liam Neeson is a piece of shit? I like, think so. I, like okay. I think like all those. Once you have all the information, then all the previous stuff becomes clear in that way. Like before, you just see it's like oh, well, they're these two guys. They're these two hard luck guys. He's got Liam Neeson to take care of him, but it's not an easy life. And so when you seem like him breaking down during those last performances, I just took that as he's upset because they're not getting any money and it's yeah. literally the only thing he can do yeah um 
when he's with this uh, prostitute and the prostitute asks very mysterious he, yeah like does he want to have a time literally kind of my stuff? main question is and what he does says that mean once yeah, yeah. once yeah. but I don't think it's a good so, idea anymore yeah and that to me is very telling because that means that they're what like they're at some point in the relationship I think Liam Neeson was like yeah let's get him this prostit- is great and I want to extend to you because I feel positive you're human, or maybe you I'm want drunk or for yeah. you want some yeah. of that. And But then once things got tighter and tighter and tighter, he's always going to be selfish and choose right. him over, you know, so they're no longer friends because they okay. get the, the transactional aspect of the relationship. So you think that scene was just like hearkening back to a time when, when he had money, maybe he wasn't such well, a dick all the time. Yes. <laughs> the other yes. reveals that he does have money. Like he buys that chicken and he has the He's wad, a of giant cash. wad of cash. Yes, that's and so true. it's the fact yes. that's it's again more and more reveals that at first it's like oh this guy's just having a hard time and then by the end it's like no he's a villain. He's a miser. Like yeah. he's he's just like oh this isn't our money. He's, this he's, is this is the money I'm keeping. He's Stromboli from money. Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> he, and he probably justifies it by thinking you know I have to comb your fucking hair. I have to feed you. Right. Yeah. Over time resents the burden of right. living with a disabled person. But that's mm. like, but he's your meal ticket anyway. Yeah, good short. Uh, I yeah, did want to shout out real depressing short. Two things that reminded me of uh, really good manga artist uh, Yoshihiro Tatsumi, who's like the god- grandfather of manga, has a collection called Pushman that just got re-released. It's really good, and it's this plot basically. Oh, okay, <laughs> but different details. It's about. Uh, in Japan, on the subways, they're so crowded that there used to be a job where you push people in yeah. the door. Yeah. And it's about how you can be like lonely in that environment. Huh. And then what was the other one? I was like, oh, yeah. Has anyone seen Strochek, the Herzog? You must have, right, Abe? I have not, I don't actually. think I've seen that one. No, I know I exactly what you're talking about. It's though. a movie where the first two acts are mind-numbingly boring, dry satire about how America is just like a banal system of crushing the spirit out of you. But then the last third is a shooting spree the guy goes on because his spirit has been crushed and he snaps. And the thing that finally makes him snap is he's holding a gun because he's going hunting and there's like a little roadside carnival and he goes over to see and he sees that there's a chicken that dances if you put a quarter in the box. (laughs) And then he realizes all it is is it electrocutes its feet. Like the floor becomes electrocuted if you put a quarter in the box. And he's so disturbed by the plight that he breaks the chicken out and with the chicken under his arm goes on a shooting spree. That's so good. Oh, and like the end of the movie is fucking amazing. What a great I, And he's like, this is America. You put a quarter in the box to make me dance. I thought there was going to be another scene in this vignette. Uh, I thought that there was like some key to how the chicken works. I, I was I, curious. Well, I, 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 it's got to be something like that. that. he spent money and then has like a, just a normal chicken. I thought chicken. he was going to get ripped off for sure. Yeah, yeah. but they didn't tell us whether or not that's well, true or yeah because it wasn't statement. the point but exactly. like it Once did again. it did like just the selfish part of me was like how's that fucking chicken work like yeah i want to know and you know it's, it's because the ringmaster has a series of cues and he doesn't tell liam neeson yeah. that yeah. liam neeson's fucked it yeah. like smells it smells <laughs> yeah. like chicken feet on the button and yeah <laughs> right thing, you assume you know? it's something yeah it's something like the electric shock or something it's some kind of trick that right. makes the, the right. chicken do that i think that's he does buy the whole cart yeah though. right right, right. Yeah. So, but I think that's apparatus. key. I think the key is whether or not something works in this world is uh, not. That's not what the Coen Brothers want us to be thinking. That's not the yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But you can't. But we were wonder. all thinking it. Right. Yeah. We, were all, all we were all wondering how's the chicken doing that math. As a storyteller, that would be a good twist that could have happened. As he goes to the next town and he starves because he can't make the chicken. Overtly avoiding it is a statement. And like he gets snowed in. And his last move, because he's going to die, is he eats the chicken. Eat the yeah. chicken. <laughs> That's yeah. what I also thought. Is I also thought that this, uh, you know, um, Dursley was just going to go ham at one point. And, and eat just, the like, chicken. Not had had anything and just like, oh, bite like, the head off the, the chicken. Mm. Yes. That's what I was thinking then of. Then Liam Neeson makes him a geek in a sideshow. Or no. <laughs> Tours that around. Yep. Finally becomes... I mean, that's kind kind of what he was doing already. Right, right. That's exactly what he was You have to guess that the, like, bumpkin audience wasn't there because they're so moved by the performance. They're looking at his stumps. I love how this this short has so much dialogue and it feels like it doesn't have any dialogue. It feels like it has zero. Yeah, because none of the dialogue is between them and that's the Mm. most important thing. I'm willing to bet there's probably of actual dialogue that's not recited um, previously written dramas or, or speeches. Or Constitution. Yeah. It's like a handful of lines. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like just right. him and that. Him and like the prostitute. I think yeah. it's the only. And then he says, uh, he, he'll, he sings. Like, yeah. he, like he's saying something to everybody. He's like, oh, that, you know. Right. He, he's Found like, him on the streets of yeah, London. Yeah, he's muttering some stuff and then he sings that song. Yeah. And then he says, I'll buy that chicken or something to that effect. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't I think, think they, they just show him. I think they just show him giving the guy money. Yeah. By the way, did you notice that, you know what that song I'll is about? That, chicken. that song that he sings what? while he's drunk and he's like, we're going into town. Uh, that song, if you l- l- just look at the words, yeah. I don't know if it's an original or it's an old song. It's, it's an old like song. It's like satisfaction that. over killing someone. Yeah. Oh, perfect! It's like the noose. It's a dude it's tightened and everyone's kills excited. a woman who cheated and on him, home. and they're yeah. all into it. Wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very dark song. Also interesting, I, the movie opens and closes with "Streets of Laredo," and mm-hmm. in the end, Brennan Gleeson sings Scottish lyrics too. Like I didn't know there was a different "Streets of Laredo." set of lyrics right. that's about walking through a Scottish neighborhood and seeing a dead cowboy. Right. Yeah. Interesting. All right, should we move to number four? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Probably. Pocket. This My was favorite. like a palate cleanser. Mr. Pocket. All the gold, gold pops Valley. out of your pan. Mr. Pocket. What's the, what's the title of this one? All Gold Valley? All, All Gold, gold Valley. Okay. All Gold Canyon. Canyon. All Gold Canyon. Canyon. That's it. Which to me is just, and I think, I don't think it's hard to think of this, but like the shots in the beginning and the end and like you said, Abe, the, or whoever said it, I think Dave, I don't know. The balance with nature, the way yeah. he's respectful and the villain is disrespectful. Mm. This has got to be the one that's just like, yeah, everything in the canyon's gold. Not just the gold. Nature is gold. Yeah. The owl's gold. The look of the sunrise is gold. It's all fucking awesome. This like is- this one is just about how like it rules and here's a a type of guy who really appreciates right. it and treats it right. Yeah. And the song that Tom Waits is singing is a song about Mother McCree, and he also uses at one point when he finds gold, he goes Mother McCree. Like he, Mother McCree is another name for nature. Or Mother God. Earth is God. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's what this space is: is the sacred space of like animals. Mm-hmm. You know, they all are there and then like what's the he takes what, days to listen to the earth and follow its instructions to get to the pocket yeah and yeah. The, in terms of the image that they show before all the vignettes I, I forget what the uh, the caption is but it's more or less that like none of God's handiwork was, yeah it's, or all, it was no, only no, God's no, so, handiwork no sign of man or his handiwork yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a sweep of the land right whatever, exactly like. and I think that sets the stage especially when like when he arrives being man 
uh, all the butterflies go away, the deer goes yeah, away, the, the fish the minnows even go, go away. away. It's yeah. that realization that we're just such a yeah disruption. Yeah, and then we're and, and then you have we to leave. Be very careful yeah. to not disrupt. Like you can do it, but you and have they to come be back. this guy. Right. It's the realization <laughs> that the world is just like these guys are dicks. Like, but yeah. I do like that. <laughs> That's if, what the deer is thinking. Yeah. Like, if you oh, take it at shit. all. Sorry. Mm-mm. saying again if you take it at all in like the climate change direction or even you know our stewardship of the earth even loosely i do love the final image well the final final image is the owl being mm. like good job tom waits yeah. you only ate one of my children but i do like that it's the grave grave mound and then the deer comes and grazes directly off the grave like yeah. don't worry humans will eventually die and nature will recover yeah. like it's a temporary disruption and oh I, yeah i think that's the duality that the coen brothers love because like a hole that you dig can be a place to find gold or <laughs> or your grave. own death yeah, yeah. exactly and, yeah. It, and it's both it's yeah. like schrodinger's hole and just like no country <laughs> You can get shot in the back in a hole that is clearly, if you're following storytelling conventions, you're like, oh, he was digging his own grave the whole time. Yeah, right. Right. But then it missed all the vitals. And he's like, you measly skunk. <laughs> you missed me. anything important. It was through. Really through. important. Guts, uh, guts, guts. Guts is all you had. <laughs> like, all you hit was my gut. Yeah. Like, uh, Tom, Tom Waits. Uh, yeah, Tom w- screaming about his guts. Tom Waits just making sounds. Oh, yeah. I, I also have to state, this is the second of all of them that I would have watched six hours of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just Tom Waits prospecting. Like, yes. it, didn't, it wouldn't even have to be just, a story at all. It. Just him yeah. digging holes and muttering to himself. Yeah. God. <laughs> That's all I want to say. How see. amazing would be, like, an odd couple movie with Tim Blake Nelson and Tom Waits no, just man. being their characters from yeah. this movie. Singing like wildly different yeah, songs. Buster Scruggs in this, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're in the 80s. Like perfect stranger style, they have right. to share an apartment. Yeah. I love you, warbling stranger. <laughs> yeah. There was a good Shut tweet. Mother of a cree. Try to listen to Mr. Pocket. <laughs> I, try, I prefer to talk to myself. There was a good tweet. I'm not going to find it. About it, the Coen brothers being like, well, who should we get yep. to play a prospect? Right. It's kind of I'll do it. How'd you get into this office? <laughs> who let you in this office? We're already in production. You could pay I'm me in rusted Chevy parts. Yeah. <laughs> he, he arrived on set wearing all of that. Um, and he will take those rusted Chevy parts and turn it into a musical instrument. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, That's right, what he does. Right. Oh uh, I, I live I, in it after. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a... An, a really right-wing evangelical Christian I talk to a lot online because I find it interesting to talk to him. Sure. (laughs) And he just watched Buster Scruggs, and he tweeted how rare it is for them to have a happy ending. Yeah, this is the only one in the film. Intolerable Cruelty, and Oh Brother, or, yeah, Oh Brother is probably the last notable. as bad as it can. No, I think it, like, I gotta say, and I rarely, it's true, I rarely get this from the Coens, and it's nice for a change of pace, it's nice to know that the Coens can also make me feel like, like this made me feel like when I was a little kid and I saw uh, Rookie of the Year, like a sports movie ending. Like it felt yeah, triumphant to me yeah. right? when he doesn't die and he kills Ugh. the bad guy and he leaves with the gold. Right. I was like, fucking yeah. yeah. Like, finally, yeah. it's like Anton Chigurh reversed where it's like, 
oh, he could have easily died, but the bullet just happened to miss, so yeah. he wins. And you're right. like, finally, random chance can sometimes be you win, like the good guy. Oh, wins. it's just it's just a <laughs> lifeline. Like you, I, I I also did the same thing where I rewatched it over Thanksgiving mm-hmm. with my folks to see how they react. And, yeah. and it, you could just feel the the air from the room just get stolen when he gets shot. You're like, like, and then like, when really? he's just sitting there bleeding I mean, out. He, yeah. I mean, uh. yeah, he only stole one egg, you know? Like, he names his gold. He's yeah. so kind. And he even says to, like, Mr. Pogler, like, don't worry, I'll only take half of you. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like he's, he's just the nicest wholesome man. and wonderful, <laughs> and even though he's just trying to get by, like, he's yeah. one of the best people in the entire movie in terms of just, like, m- he means to do well. You know, like, yeah. well, at the very least, he's not out to to hurt anyone or, right. any, or anything. Yeah. Yeah. He's not out causing harm, really. Right. It and then he just gets shot in the back, he and he sits gold. there for an agonizingly long time, <laughs> so smoking a cigarette. Which I, I mean, they're masters of that's yeah. what. And of course, when he's sitting there with just the timing, I love the dual functionality, filmmaking wise, where you're like, oh. This is time they're putting in for us to ruminate on how much it fucking sucks he's dead and be sad and then it'll probably fade to black. No, yeah. it's so you'll be flabbergasted <laughs> when it turns out he's not dead. What tip? Well, you, you see the owl flies by. Right. Yeah, and that, I thought was a nice touch. I think that, that's what tipped me off. I was like, oh shit, he's still alive. Also, did you notice <laughs> when, uh, when the bad guy shoots him in the back, and sits to roll a cigarette, you can see the owl in the background yeah. leave its perch and fly away. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly Oh, yeah, okay. But yeah. I thought you were saying the owl comes back. No, no, no. He mm. flies. He, he watches. Like, it's he just like that moment where you realize, oh, this is still, yeah. nature still is like, governing here. Yeah, like the bad guy kind of gets distracted by the right. owl. Like he turns to look at it, fly away. Right. He did not oh, enjoy see, that. I took that to mean he was dead because oh, I okay. thought that was his spirit leaving. Oh, okay. Oh. That's why I was so surprised. I don't think it means either. I think it's, but it, I think the reason that they put it is there's this kind of poetic kind of like. Well, the owl's the watcher. It, it, of the, yeah. the owl bookends yeah. it. It's like the owl's. Yeah, exactly. What, what you said. Like the, it's just letting us know that yeah, nature's still watching all this. Like the owl is seeing all this happen. Right. Right. The owl is the Uatu, the watcher. It of is. The well, they kingdom. cut they cut yeah. to him a few times of him just of the owl watching the canyon and the owl is watching Tom Waits take its eggs and like yeah. it, they cut to it a few times of it mm. just how, how high can birds count interestingly I think that yeah that's gotta be a reference it, to the yeah. chicken math right I did look up while we were talking chickens can do math and they can be trained to do math just through repetitious training so it doesn't have to be a trick. It can be a trained chicken. But the chicken also has to be able to understand, understand English language, and yeah. then read numbers. Eleven add one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. No, this was a that study That chicken saying has multiple tests. Eleven twice. This was one of those tests where it's like it gets more food if it knows math, basic math and mm-hmm. it was able to do it. But. That's a bummer because we're eating something that does math. Yeah. <laughs> like we should never eat something that does, can do math. I'm switching to parrot meat only. Yeah. yeah. So Parrots fine. deserve it. Um, I also realized, and this, it hit me again, like I got a second emotional wallop from All Gold Canyon, when I realized this exact plot played out in Red Dead Redemption 2, but I was the evil guy. Right. I found an old man prospecting. I camped for several days and watched his bag get bigger and bigger, <laughs> then unceremoniously shot him in the head That's and took amazing. the gold to a fence. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. I was like, oh no, I lived this from it's the good bag. To, I didn't it's realize you could do that. Now now I, know. I will say the villain also smokes cigarettes like Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> he has one drag and throws it away. Yeah. Um, Man, this actually, I did the opposite. I watched this and then I was playing it and I ran into a prospector and like raised my gun and was like, I can't, I can't. do it. 
This is Tom Waits. Yeah, it's I Tom Waits. I can't kill Tom Waits. Yep, I did it. Because I played that I game mean, before I saw this movie. I bet I wouldn't if I had seen the yeah, movie. Well, now that you mention it, now that I know it's that... It's weird because they're both virtual. So how much money did mean? you get, though? Because I might do it now. Like 250 bucks. Yeah, sort of worth it. That's, that's, a, lot of money. Money. that's yeah. a lot of money in Red Dead. Because I've seen them multiple times. Oh, so, yeah. I can afford a couple of murders. My good cowboy meter is all the way full. Yeah. This is neither here nor there, You're and I'll move on cowboy. very I'm a quickly. Good old cowboy. But I just need to say somewhere publicly so I can start processing the grief. I sh- met my first cougar in Red Dead, which is crazy because I'm almost to the end. Right. And for the first time, I saw a cougar. And you know, you want cougar skins for various reasons. Right. I shot it once in the head. And this had also never happened to me in the game. It didn't die, but it also didn't run away. Yes. Which can sometimes happen. It's really but it fucked up. It hadn't happened to me up to that point. So I walked up to it. And it was literally making like pre-recorded like a cat screaming in pain sounds right. yep. as blood like very realistically like shot out of the hole in its head and it kept eye contact with me going yep. like, why did you do this? Why did you do this? <laughs> and I didn't know you could press triangle to like stab it in yep. the heart. So I stood there waiting for like a full 60 oh seconds God. as it slowly died. And I was literally like, I don't want to play this <laughs> game anymore. I've had a few ever ga- again. <laughs> I always had a few games where you kill a big cat and I'll always like kind of turn to my cat yeah. and be like, so- sorry. Or like, when you shoot a dog and it makes a sound that's yeah. exactly like a whimpering dog and you're like, yeah. oh no. It's like, you're, it's like, I just need to see a rainbow right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Very well rendered rainbows in that game. Should we move on? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, number no, five. Number five. The, the longest. The, the gal, gal who got, got rattled. rattled. Yeah. Uh, the longer This is the one that I would call the most challenging, or at least in the sense that well, all the normies, like non-film buffs that I was hanging with who watched it, were all like, as you hear people say about Coen Brothers things, I didn't like that one because... At the end of it's just going to suddenly be unhappy. Like, why do it? Right. Why make the movie? It's also... You know, and the answer is because life is like that sometimes. This so. is apparently the hardest to shoot for kind of obvious reasons. I was it's looking at the behind the scenes. Fucking wagon train. Yeah, one of my yeah. favorite... It was... I, I won't... I won't get it exact, but one of my favorite things one of the Coen brothers said about this whole production, because they went to these very specific locations that were right. remote, and he was just like, yeah, it would have helped if we were younger. Like... Yeah. That would have been a big help. <laughs> and yeah. so like that's this apparently they had like a company make all the pieces of the wagon train and stuff and ship it to this location and they had the actual oxen there and like mm-hmm. it was a big fucking production. A real pain in the ass. Yeah. It's um I think it's in my opinion this one is the jugular of like going mm-hmm. for like in terms of the thematic involvement of all of them. This is the one that kind of they elucidate the most. Um, and it's usually through the three conversations where they get kind of deep between Nap, our Billy and, uh, and Alice, uh, especially the one where they talk about how the straight is the gate and narrow is the path. Yeah. About being what is impulsive or yeah. like is a bad thing. Well, and of like course that, it ends up being her yes, fucking downfall. But I also really like the idea that unlike her and the person she was supposed to just meet in Mary's side on scene, they actually connected over shared values. Like they, yeah. they both have an outlook that's not popular in this world, Yeah, but they've shared like uh, certainty is seldom justified. If ever, Certainty, yes, it's the easy path, That's just it, as you certainty. said. And I'm like, oh, I bet everyone else in the wagon train would disagree with them. That's right. why they actually do kind of right. have right. a vibe. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because they're not confident. 
like that's the whole downfall. That's why we saw yeah, the, the brother most, downfall. The most... He's he's a failure. Why? Because he was very he didn't change his mind and have opinions about stuff. He always said, like President Pierce is the greatest right. president. You know? Oh, and yeah, and I, it's her uh, downfall of. I'm certain because he says shoot yourself if right. she doesn't question it at Which all. Which is once and again to me the Cohen brothers saying like regardless of what like the certainty that they the two like Nap and Alice have in that conversation that like fosters their love that they have certainty that there is no certainty right. in a way like yeah. they they are embracing something and the fucking rub of it is that. Nature doesn't care what you embrace. It just is. It just operates like a like a machine. I think it's also very... I mean, it seems clearly intentional to me that this is their gender dynamics one. Um, because, like, literally, you have the symbolism of at the dance, the man dances with a doll of a woman, mm -hmm. so he controls her every action, like her feet are glued to mm -hmm. his mm -hmm. feet. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, her... Life is being managed by men and then is brought to an end by a man telling her what to do and then she does it because a man told yep. her to. Yep. Um, so I think there's also definitely a lot to be said about this is also their nod to the Wild West was tough. Even tougher if you're a woman, let's not forget. Right. Like It's yeah. tough to be a woman uh, in this world. Like You don't get to decide if your dog lives or dies. Mm -hmm. And I, So I think there might also be a nod to I agree, her brother died because he's unadaptable, which you have to be in the West. And also, I think, because he's effeminate. And I'm not saying that, like, I think it's bad to right, be effeminate. Yeah. But I think the Western world is, like, mm. chewed him up and spit him out because it doesn't abide effeminate men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is just... That dog was it was great. real sad when, when she died. Yeah, it's a, it's a real fucking heartbreaker. How fucking cool is Mr. Arthur? <laughs> that, uh, was, that was so another... Uh, Mr. He's Ar a bastard, though. Mr. Arthur cool, has, yeah. like, fucking three words, yep. and then all of a sudden... He's just... He's, like, he's in his element. Yeah, he's, he's like, like a exactly. superhero. He's just like, oh, here we he's, go. He's like, all I've ever said to you is, yep, and nope, but by the way, you're about to get raped horribly. Now think about that and consider shooting yourself. Bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, they're gonna come back. Oh, this is gonna be a good fight. Like yeah. it's just so yeah, seasoned. Tell the tale. Yeah. So also, I felt like dog hole. That's got to be related to pan shot. Yeah. I wanted to see root come out and be like, "You're overmatched here. I'll help you." Yeah. It's yeah. a Pierce with his hands. Yeah. yeah. And then Tom Waits arrives. He's like, "Mr. Froggy." Mr. Froggy. He starts digging in the dog hole. Calls in a bunch of giant owls to swoop in with the one ring. Um, did any, did, especially you guys, I want to know, did it feel, which is what a lot of people who aren't like Cohen fanatics said to me, did it feel like, why was it so long if it's going to end that way? Like, did it feel like a waste of your time? The no. whole middle part where she slowly I liked changes. Having, this was like, I, I guess to the length is that it's felt like a more, the most complete story of all of these, even though they're all complete stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still um, the most fleshed out characters. Yeah. Like, I felt like we needed time to establish this man's relationship with her right. before it's taken away. It couldn't have just been like really quick. Like right. it needed that time. Right. 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 We wouldn't have cared otherwise. Yeah. Right. And again, this is a whole very well storied subgenre of Westerns is, the one where there's not a bunch of shootouts. It's mostly focused on like a love that right. develops on the wagon train. Mm -hmm. That there's been that movie many times. Uh, 
there's something I wanted to talk about about in this one, which is just it's a real quick transitionary, like it's a transitional like beat, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also one of the funniest fucking jokes in the thing to me, mm. which is uh, Elijah. Which is the boy who's walking backwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to walk backwards all the way to Oregon. Oregon. Don't do that. I said don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Walk forward, boy. And I think that that's, I think there's something in that. I think there's something about, like, the parents and, like, the tradition of the West or, like, in and by extension like all of our lives where it's like this is how society works i'm certain that if you were to be a guy who walks backward you would be considered crazy and a fool and you are wrong for thinking it and it needs to be outrooted from your existence i think that's what they mean that's another level of certainty that they're trying to debunk this one is definitely about those systems that govern the world i want elijah to fucking walk backwards for the rest of his life and yeah he'd be so happy and it would be amazing and what i mean that's why it starts with a perfect visual metaphor for that, which is a woman explaining how the nervous system works and a guy yeah. explaining, that's crazy, it doesn't work yeah. like that. Even though what she said, we as modern audience know, actually that is how the nervous yeah. system works. Yeah. All, the all tendrils see. report back to the brain, which I surmise is how <laughs> the body makes note of its functions. And right. it's like, that's madness. Which, <laughs> which, of course, it makes sense then that he dies very quickly and there's no, like... It's like he's coughing. He coughs once. Yeah. And then immediately he's dead like yeah, the I next night. That Western trope being subverted is you're like, oh, they're starting the arc of him getting sick. Oh, he's dead already. He's just okay. straight up dead. <laughs> it's like, She's sitting in a, a wagon with a, with a dead body just riddled with cholera. <laughs> yeah. It's antithetical. Uh, it's uh, the antithesis to the uh, uh, That Mitchell and Webb look sketch where it's like, uh, a man has a coffin. It's just a coffin. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> do a sketch because they're like, I thought you had consumption in real Why? life. I cough into a, a hanger. Yeah. Just had a cough for a while. <laughs> uh, all right, let's close her out. Number uh, six, and this was the one where is, I jumped. you disagreed. I only disagree because. I mean, I, we'll never know because the Coens won't admit it. Sure, it could be an adaptation of the thing you said, but I think it's very clearly an adaptation of No Exit by Sartre. It absolutely is. Okay, okay. In the way that Oh Brother is the they're Odyssey. Both, they're very Nerds. similar. <laughs> they're very, very similar. It's a bunch of people on a wagon. Well, that's <laughs> all I will say, the people who I know who hated this segment, the reason they hated it is they didn't pick up on what... Can I ask, can we all agree that they were killed and this is the journey to the yes, afterlife? they're yeah. dead. They're, all, okay. they're yes. all dead. People yeah. who hated this one, yeah. it's like going to see Mother and not knowing what that it was an analogy. Yeah. Right. So, like, I think you just didn't get it if you didn't like it. Right. Um, well, no Exit is about three people who are trapped in a room and they don't know why and they slowly realize they all fucking hate each other. Right. And it turns out it's hell. So I just thought it had to be that because you got the three, you got the two Reapers, and the three people really get on each other's nerves. Yeah. And they are explicitly totally different worldviews. One believes yeah. that you're either hale or frail. One believes you're either just unlucky or lucky. And one <laughs> believes you're that you're hurts. either a sinner or not a sinner. Oh, right, right, oh, okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. Moral yeah. hygiene. Daily. No, the Reaper says, well, I believe you're either just dead or alive. Of course he would think that. He's yeah. the Reaper. People <laughs> that are was fair, the, like ferrets. Yeah. The, my favorite. Uh, the oh, ferrets yeah, like, thing. No, and one believes, no, they're all the same. Yeah. By like the way, ferrets. my brother pointed out, and I totally missed it, but then when he said I was like, oh, my God, he is, is that guy's... Uh, uh, in Major League, <laughs> uh, as the guy who's like he hates Joe Boo. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Up your butt, Joe yeah, That's amazing. Like, People are ferrets as far so as I'm So I guess concerned. my question, though, to like unpack this is, if it is the afterlife, then what's the hotel... Is it hell, heaven, or purgatory, or none of the above? Fort Morgan. And what's the dead body that was that's the, on the top that's going to a special different destination? That's what, what threw me things? off, and I decided, like, okay, I can't take this too literally, because that made, like, the most of the time when, when they'd say, like, oh, he doesn't stop, I was like, oh, they're dead. Um, yeah. And then they take out a dead body, and that was when I was like, wait, well, if are they, they dead? What's that guy? I think that guy's going to heaven because they're carrying up the stairs You're toward right. light. To the light. And oh, he's not oh, interacting. Jacob's he's, Ladder. He's, yeah. And they mention it, I think. And they mention Jacob's Ladder. He's wrapped up in a cloth and kept on the roof separate from these people so they don't interact with each other. And then they're sort of like they're like apologetic about dropping the body or whatever. You know, yes. it's like, yeah. I think or whatever. Um, yeah. What was his oh, name? And he says he'll stay in, um, yeah. Stay in. Uh, what's his name's room? Yeah. Um, Brendan, Brendan Greasland, who I would say looks more angelic than the other guy who's has the fucking devil mustache right. and beard. Yeah, he's like Applegate from. And he says Yankees. I'm the distractor, and Brendan Gleason's the thumper. Yeah, yeah. which is more of a straightforward I, job. I don't trick you. I'm the one who actually goes. Sorry, buddy, you're dead. Let's yeah. go. I can thump. I can thump. I'm a good thumper. <laughs> but he's definitely the more sinister of the two as well. Like yes. not just the way he looks, but the way he speaks and like yeah. the whole speech he gives. His fucking like eyes. Bone chilling. Yeah. What he likes to do is look into your eyes as you yeah. die yeah. and see yeah. if you can figure out what it's all about. I also want to just throw a nod to, because watching it the second time, I, I like felt it in the first one mm-hmm. viewing, but yeah. the second one I noticed it. Uh, watch the entire scene again and notice how the lighting from yes. like sunset, de- day, sunset, night, based off is like a barometer of the conversation about Ooh. how dark yeah. and like ghost tale it gets. Yeah. It just gets darker and yeah, darker. And, and, and it like becomes its darkest, obviously the second that, uh, the, one of the ferrymen starts talking about like thump, thump, thump. Mm, no right. one can be out there in this kind of storm. Like this is inhuman. There's yeah. also like nothing out the windows. Nothing, it's like clouds yeah. and the, there's an occasional tree but and the ferryman it. or the, you know, the stagecoach driver is essentially just, expressionless and kind of haunting yeah. in like a sleepy hollow kind of way. And yeah, that's got to be why they chose to shoot it so basically. Like, right. it almost draws attention to itself in the sense that you're like, we're going to go six minutes with just shots and reverse shots in the carriage, okay? Because mm-hmm. right. you can't go outside of it. Because what would they show outside? Yeah. It's the afterlife, yeah. He also rides off with their luggage, too. He does, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, to me, what, like, if yeah. you're looking for I know, because it's all you're a metaphor. Not need this. It doesn't matter whether or not it's literally they're dead or not to me as much. But to me, I was just like, and then there's a joke of they just left the luggage. Well, then they're dead because that doesn't happen. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think, I mean, and yeah, even beyond a joke, I think that is like one last clue for people who are maybe not right. getting it is like mm. not a single one of them stops to be like uh, to get their luggage from the roof That's or to like point. object yeah. like you would think like Tyne Daly with the kind of character that mm. she is would right. be like I need my bags like right yeah they right. all know they all know they all at know. the end yeah they like they're know. scared except and then the last guy no, kind of embraces why it why is Renee last do you think just to have a moment th- where it's like one of them accepts it and I it's think like alright I guess we're dead yeah I think because he was the most worldly He's yeah. able to accept it fast. Like, he also yeah. espouses kind of the Coen brothers' belief that like, life the, is for the, the moment. cards t- teach you. At one point, yeah. he's like, the, you don't need any educator. You don't need someone to tell you what moral hygiene is. Like, you don't know to, like, there's many types Just of love. Just play the Your experience cards, is what, yeah. like, is the great 
teacher for us all kind of thing. You've seen them, you play them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was showing that he's got it and accepts it, whereas I think the other two characters are not They'll have accepting to eventually it. They will eventually. Yeah, right, right now, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still like pretending that they're just going to stay in this hotel. <laughs> yeah. 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 I also think you're right about Mr. Thorpe going to heaven because I'm now remembering a line where they're like, well, he's going somewhere else, but he paid quite a price to do that. Or like they, they mentioned that it's way more expensive to go farther away. Yeah. So um, I think they mean like he, he had to live a good life or he sacrificed himself heroically or something. Like it's expensive to get to heaven. It's hard to right. do. Right. And also that at one point they're like, what did he do? Like if you're bounty hunters, like what did he do? And they're like, we don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. not what we're, our part in this whole circus is. Right. Our circus is just get to Fort Morgan. Well, I also love, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of films can work this through this lens, which makes it a false positive a lot of the time. Mm. But you know, when you say, what if the film itself is a metaphor for their relationship to filmmaking, it can almost work with too many movies and like it gets right. blurry. But I do think with this one, it's interesting because, or I like the idea that, the Reaper wants to know what the meaning of life is, mm. and they do that by studying humans from birth to death. And she goes, well, does anyone ever figure out the meaning of life? And he goes, how should I know? I just watch. Yeah. Right. Which is, you know, filmmaking. I just enjoy watching the light come out of their how eyes. How do the Coen brothers know if they're right? They don't. They just observe things and regurgitate <coughs> them back. And I think you could also take that for, yep. I mean, all Gold Canyon. Mm-hmm. But digging for gold is too lazy of a filmmaking metaphor. I don't think they'd do that. <laughs> well... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they did. They kind of did. <laughs> so the guy in all black who shoots him in the back is like Peter Travers of the Rolling Stone, <laughs> giving them a bad review. Yeah. You measly skunk! You didn't earn it. You didn't make Lady Killers. We did. We did. <laughs> damn it! Intolerable cruelty is a fine film. It's underrated. I damn it! God, they made the Lady. All killers. you got is my guts. <laughs> you got my Just guts. my guts. Oh, Mother McCree. Oh, oh. <laughs> fucking Tom Waits. There, I love their. I, I want to know. If, I want to be on Final Wall whether or not Tom Waits was the guy who thought of this or this is the Coen brothers telling him to do this. Which is after he shot, he like, he's like, realized it's fine. He's like, we're on the men now. He sleeps and he wakes up in the morning and he has some coffee. And then Tom Waits, because he's an old, old man, mm-hmm. uh, does this thing where he has this breathing where he's like, <sighs> oh yeah that was great and i was like oh my god is he gonna is he die right now is, is yeah. this just a thing where it's yeah. just like he thought it was fine but, but he dies wasn't? of old age yeah, yeah and then he doesn't and it's just that to mm. me is such a nice little touch and i don't know what it means like, but it's you can get old but and have heart palpitations me. it doesn't mean you're gonna die right now right, right. it yeah. terrified me in the moment because yeah. i was like so cheering whenever yeah. one of their best tricks is fully embracing that anything can happen yeah like at the end of no country where you're mm-hmm. like I don't know. Invincible demonic force gets hit by a car. Why not? Yeah. And he's fine. Why not? Yeah, then he's Whatever. totally fine. Yeah. Sometimes. Then he... why did he get hit by a car? Well, I don't know because he could have. That was. It could happen. That <laughs> was. That was. Yeah. That the end. The whole end of No Country. I was like, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I was like, I know this means something. Oh, <laughs> I do feel. I feel like it's like the end of this one where they're hammering home what they mean. In case you didn't get it, nothing matters. I think it's them saying like, in case you didn't get it yet. This movie is about, well, there is no controlling force. Yeah. Because in the third act, you even have 
we should cover this on the Common Brothers Brothers, but <laughs> his whole game with the coin loses meaning. He breaks the right. rules. How can he break the rules? That's movie logic. Well, in real life, he could do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are no rules. Oh, is that, is, that, is that the scene where Josh Brolin's wife is like, the coin's not doing it to you? And mm-hmm. he's like, no, it's the coin. And he flips the coin and she wins the right to live. And then he goes, no, you're right, whatever, I'll kill you anyway. Right. <laughs> is the implication. It's because right. he leaves with his he shoes off. He leaves and he scrapes blood off his yeah, shoe. Yeah. 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 Um, it's the same thing in this movie about, uh, so he has dead man, uh, in the first vignette. Yes, He has dead man's that. hand, which is. Aces notor- over eights. Aces right. over eights. Which and is his notorious- back is facing the door, the which door, is how yeah. Wild Bill Hickok yeah. died. Wild Bill Hickok. Yeah. It's, yeah. the, it's the Deadwood or, you know, uh, Tombstone story. Yeah. Uh, okay, Corral as well. Um, and so it's this mythic kind of card hand. And they say, like, you play them, you see them, you've seen it, you play it. That's actually a pretty great hand like oh yeah oh you mean in terms of yeah it's uh, it can be a full house very quickly yeah, yeah. and it's two pair yeah so it's a good uh, hand and he also has a jack which is you know if someone else had the other i guess it implies that that legend already existed in this universe he knows that's the dead man's right hand. Yeah. yeah right which so yeah obviously it's a nod to he's gonna die but it's also a nod to like the original aces and eights is just that like uh hickok had a good night of poker it's mm. like casey at bat but the reverse uh which is that poem about the guy who yeah. always hits home runs and then he finally and fails then he, he doesn't yeah uh hickok's story is much the same or at least that's the fable is that like he was a notor- he was well known he was even notorious for gunslinging and then he had a nice little end of his life and he had a good poker night and then he was shot in the back right and um by someone who was like i want to prove i'm good at gunslinging so yeah. i'm gonna shoot you in the back right it's kind of like a richard cory or yeah. something and um it's so weird in this one where you have tim blake nelson who is constantly winning up to this point by just all all of the by points. the fact that he can't he be can, beaten, he, he kills, just wins. Yeah, he's just always the best. Well, it's the same because it the, the the it winds up the same way, right? Like it's like there are like there's always. I think the text at the end of the story is like there's always, and eventually that kid got replaced by another kid because right, there's always right. a kid, and that's like like it's like a condensed version of Wild Bill, is is Buster Scruggs' story because he's this this the rootness tootness. <laughs> Gunslinger, right, right, and then he just yeah. gets killed by some guy. Who, and you see him, and you play him, then speaks to all six of the stories. Yeah, you play it's the hand you're dealt. Their yeah. philosophy. If I had one question to ask the Coen brothers uh, about this movie, I which would, one's Joel? Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Why are you in my house? Middle uh, names. <laughs> Middle names. Both of y'all. Uh, my um, my question would be: Is the point of Buster Scruggs just the Big Lebowski, Sam Elliott? monologue mm-hmm. because he's like uh and i guess that's just the way that time goes you know uh, you cut, <laughs> the human comedy you, goes on perpetuating itself so, yeah. uh, I, you, uh, you got I'm me rambling rambling again <laughs> yep i think and they're i think they're just saying that all human drama is either you eat the bar or the bar eats you, the bar eats you. <laughs> damn that brings us full circle since yeah we're talking buster scrubs yeah we wrap up mm. yeah i just want to note that when the book closes the final image is a horse's butt it's yeah. cute. It's yeah. Cute oh yeah, that's the titles are weirdly cheap. Mm-hmm. Like this is some this is some Hallmark Channel oh, titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like Reader's Digest. Like but, it's like super basic. Yeah, the, the, both the beginning and right. end titles are very very basic. Um, and if you pause it, you can see that the inscription at the beginning of the book, the 
the fictional book Ballad of Buster Scruggs is dedicated to Gaylord Gilpin, who used to tell such good stories oh, yeah. around the campfire that they would all come in their pants. That's that's the acknowledgement. <laughs> Right. And I think wow. That, I think that's the that's the that's the point of the. Um, uh, they're just saying the gather horses, around. Here the, comes the, good the, so the horse good. butt is that they're like saying like maybe this all had a point or maybe we're just a bunch of horses. Ass. Maybe it's just yeah. BS. The ballad. And maybe of BS. we all came in our pants. And maybe we came in our pants. What a good time. <laughs> yeah. Buy our films. Yes. I'm gonna actually. Film. I'm gonna go home and watch some. I think. Yeah. Because I've not seen that. Like I haven't seen Blood Simple. Oh, it's great. Oh, really? yeah, it's uh, really good. I haven't seen Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. Have you seen Blue Ruin? No. Not a Cohen, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Blood Simple is the grand, granddaddy of like everything you appreciate about Blue Ruin. It's like, oh. so if you know you're indie and you know you have to get attention with low budget and this is all you have, so fucking smart nice. at every level of execution. My voice is failing. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Yeah. yeah this gonna... has been a great episode of what do we what do we it's call it? It's a crossover this? super sode. Cohen Brothers. Uh, we just watched the Buster Scruggs. Buster Scruggs. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad you guys we did this. We yeah, did me it. too. This it's was been great. way too long since we've been on podcasts together, even yeah. though we're like good friends in real life. I stopped recording sure. thirty seconds ago. Oh, you did? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, gonna, I'm gonna cry. Really? It's meaningless if you said it in real life to your friends. You're like, yeah. it has to be on tape. No, it yes, needs it to be captured. For... Because then I can prove that I'm not a yeah. Yeah. I have friends. It's true. Yeah. And that I have friends. And that I have friends. <laughs> See, they're real. They're real. I talked to they're them. They're real, Mom. There's a recording of it.